Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We are on a treasure hunt. We are looking to find the hidden pot of gold within your business. I can relate to this. We always look for how to increase our profits, how to increase our revenues. At least I hope we're always looking to do that rather than simply just looking at how not to fall into unprofitability or to lose money. So whether it's stopping a revenue leak, increasing a revenue stream, whatever it is, we're looking for that hidden pot of gold within your business, which is going to be the title of our interview. We have a guest you are going to absolutely love. We have been trying for two years to get him on the Business Creators radio show, but between his schedule and our schedule, we're a couple of the busiest guys on the planet. Finally, we were able to make our schedules synchronize and get together. His name is Craig Valine. He's known by many of his peers as the former struggling consultant. For the past 25 years, Craig has been a marketing performance strategist who works with all kinds of entrepreneur businesses, especially those within, especially those in with personality brands selling professional services. He's the founder of EMP Alliance, a 13-year membership, a 13-year-old membership organization that helps consultants, coaches, and experts increase growth and profits by enhancing marketing performance, and tapping into the gold that is overlooked within just about every business he works with. He's a native New Englander, so if you hear a little Boston accent when he speaks, don't be alarmed. He probably just has his khaki pants on. He's going to his car. It happens a lot when he gets excited and talks about what he's passionate about. So if you hear shades of Charles Emerson Winchester III, I say, gentlemen, start your engines. Craig Valine, come on in. The weather's fine. Thank you, Adam. It's great to be here. I almost moved to Boston after I graduated from college. I had a job offer there. Turned it down, but I had a chance to check out the city. I think it might have been a fun place. You know, I hear it's a very fun place. I was actually, before I got into this business, I was a paramedic. And anytime we would get, we would deal with somebody who was sick or hurt or whatever, they'd say, oh, we just love your city. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So I read off your official bio. Very great stuff. I almost am not sure if I'm qualified to be here in your presence, and it's my show. What we'd like to do before we get into this, I have a lot of questions here about finding this hidden pot of gold. But first, what we like to do is get a little bit more into the story of what has brought you to where you are today, serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and making a difference for your community market and audience. So tell us a bit about that and who Craig Valine, the man is. Yeah, thank you. You know, I started my entrepreneurial endeavors when I was 11 years old. 
Um, uh-huh. my, my father uh, was giving my sister a $5 allowance and he was giving me 50 cents. And one day I figured it out and I said, dad, what the heck, what, what, why is she getting more than me? And he goes, I'm going to teach you a very valuable lesson. Go out and earn it. And so that set up uh, a period of a very, very extensive period of working my tail off to make it more money than my sister, which wasn't difficult at all because I started doing paper routes. I took, I got three paper routes almost immediately, two in the morning and one in the afternoon. I started mowing lawns. I started hanging Christmas lights at, at, uh, at the holiday season. I started raking leaves. I did anything and everything that I could do to raise money. And pretty soon I was making about $500 a week and she was still making that $5 a week for my father. So I had an entrepreneurial sense about me and so much so that like when I was age 13, my dad found a book at a flea market called How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling by Ray, uh, Frank Betker. And I read it as a 13 year old. And I still have the copy of that book that he found at the, at the uh, flea market. But it just got me on this road to thinking if I want to make money, I have to find ways to do it. And there are plenty of ways to go about it. So uh, one day, uh, when I was, you know, later in my teens, I had a friend who owned a shop down the street from my house and it was a family shop and they, uh, they were struggling. And so the guy said, you, you make a lot of money. You know how to do things. What, would you mind just coming in and just watching, seeing what my dad's doing and see if there's anything that you would do to improve it. And I noticed we just sat there drinking slush puppies. I don't know if you remember those slush puppies and you know, lemon heads and stuff like that. And I just watched as people came in and the father would say, hi, how are you? But he would never engage the, the people as they walked through the store. And so I said, here's your problem. Why don't you just ask them what they're looking for? If they didn't buy, obviously what they were looking for, they couldn't find here. Maybe you have it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you can find it for them. And he says, you're right. You're absolutely right. And from that day on, they did a lot more business than they ever did. And so yeah. my friend, my friend over time just said, why don't you help other people? Why don't you do this for a living? And so I tried to for a living. I, try, I called myself a marketing consultant. The problem that I had was I knew how to help other people make money and solve problems. I didn't know how to be a consultant. So I struggled immensely. And uh, this is why I am known as the former struggling consultant, because I struggled for a long time. And then I figured out how to do it right. <laughs> And that's what brings me here today. Yeah. Uh, for me, when I was about that same age, I loved to cut grass. I dreamed of having a grass cutting business. The uh, Unfortunately, we lived so far out in the country. The nearest neighbors were like a million miles away, give or take. And so the only customers I had were my own parents and my grandparents who lived right next door. Mm-hmm. Cutting grass was my zen. Yeah. See, it's, it's the only thing I miss about not currently being a homeowner is not having my own yard to push my own lawnmower. That's the only thing I miss. Well, you know, there's a little story to that, if I may. Yes. And that is, that is, I grew up on a hill with people who had some money and they had, they played sports. They got on Little League. I didn't. So the kids weren't around as much, but I was. So I got all the all the lawns to mow on the hill because I was the kid who was more available than everybody else. And so the kids who played football, basketball, baseball, and hockey, especially because I couldn't afford to play hockey at the time, my family couldn't afford to get me involved. 
it was just things that I could do, like get three paper routes. I could do those three paper routes. I could yeah. mow the lawns because I was available. And so I capitalized by being the first one to, to ask. And so whenever any ever something else came up, an opportunity like hanging lights at Christmas season, which was seasonal and things like that, they said, of course, Craig, it's because we already know you. We already like you. We already trust you. So, of course, we would have you do it. Yeah, certainly. Uh, that's how I fell into some of the things that I'm doing. I just discovered that these are things that actually serve or actually can be located in the intersection of my brilliance and my passion. Listeners of the Business Creators Radio Show have heard me say many, many, many times that I went through about a three-year period where I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I had a business. I didn't like it. I loved some of the clients. But I didn't like the business itself because I wasn't sure. Is this really what I want to do? Is this how I can most effectively be of service? And why is it that it seems like every time I try and get started doing something more exciting to move things up to the next level, I keep getting dragged down to the same plateau? Part of what influenced me to create a book called Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. And ultimately, I discovered my that the thing that got me through my struggle was actually the answer to the question, podcasting. For three mm -hmm. years, the only marketing I had going on were weekly episodes of my business creators radio show. And during that time, even without knowing what to market, what to promote, because I didn't know what I wanted to even do, I kept getting new clients. Yeah. I kept finding more and more exciting things to do. And it inspired me that I could help others. And that's how we developed the reach system. So I love your story about how it just came to light through your own interactions with people that you could be getting paid for the stuff you're already doing and doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we already defined one of our terms, a former struggling consultant, because I wanted to know what you meant by that. So yeah. you also use terminology, of course, marketing performance strategist. So where are we going with that one? Yeah, that all ties into this whole interview, really. But it's, you know, performance market, people do marketing, you know, what they consider marketing. And uh, let's say marketing for the definition here is promotion. Anything you do to build a relationship with someone uh, that you don't know yet, that you can benefit with your product or service, with your expertise. And uh, basically, you're starting a relationship with them. And yeah. then an ongoing relationship with them. So you bring benefit to them and they bring benefit to you. So you bring benefit to them by way of solving a problem, uh, giving them something that they want, need, or desire. And in return, they pay you for it and they stay with you. And so uh, lot, some people are very good at it. Some people are not very good at it. Some people are just very good at their craft. And they're looking for always oh, the new and better way to do something when everything they need is right within their grasp. And that's where that pot of gold kind of ties in later in this discussion is that if you're already doing something, it's producing a result, how much better result can we get uh, for the same time, money and effort? So you already asked for a sale. How many better ways could we ask for the sale? You're already, you're already reaching people through an advertisement, let's say, and that advertisement brings in one new person, one new qualified lead every time you run it. How could we run that same ad and get five to 10 more people to do it. So that's what I focus on. I focus on getting a better result for about the same time, money, and effort. And sometimes I'm also looking for 
what other things lie within your business that could help you get more clients, increase sales, get more return, repeat a business? What already lies within your business that you're unaware of that we could exploit for profit? Another thing comes to mind is you say that is, uh, and it's, and it's funny when we do the business creators radio show, our listeners, when we do this right, and we do get it right every time, feel like they are sitting in on a private mastermind session. As you bounce ideas back and forth, you think of things. And here's another one I think of. Where I originally thought you were going is you were going to give an incorrect definition of marketing and then correct it. Uh, what the answer you actually gave is somewhat more an evolutionary type of answer. Now, uh, I see folks who define marketing in terms of what the activity is, whether it's building funnels, doing webinars, hosting events. Uh, We can throw having a podcast into that mix, Uh, optimizing my website, blogging, doing stuff on social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they identify marketing by the activity they're doing. And then you have software providers that say, if you're not using our service, you're not really marketing and therefore aren't really in business. Go get a job. It's like, uh, yeah, okay, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, we see what I'm getting at is we believe that we're doing something because we're taking an action that checks off a box. Say, I can build a funnel. I mean, give me two hours. I'll have a funnel up. I have not only the technical skill, but also the writing skill and a repository of information that I can multi-purpose and repurpose. I can have a funnel up in two hours. Does that mean it's going to be any good? Well, the market will have to tell me that. But there yeah. are folks who are going to say, I have a funnel up, so now I'm marketing. Does everybody, yeah. know, does everybody you know who has a funnel make millions and millions of dollars with their funnel? I mean, yeah, you know, if I, if I may, the, the, you know, there's a presupposition in neurolinguistic programming, NLP, that is. Oh, now you're talking my language. Yes. Go. Communi- communication is the response you get. Yeah. So you have effectively communicated with someone if you have elicited the response that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, so if I, I'm trying to get you to say yes, and I say a question that gets you to say yes, then I've effectively communicated what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Or, or so that it's understood and there's a response. Um, marketing is similar. You know, marketing is you can send out, let's say I send out an email to a list of 100 and I get four replies. Um, that's good. It, it worked, but it didn't affect everybody. It affected four people. Four people responded at this time. If I want yeah. the other, a higher percentage of people to respond, then I have to continue doing that. A lot of people are one and done type marketers. They send out one thing, one message. They post once on their organically on their social media. They send out one email a month or a week or whatever, and they expect it to do all the work. And my, my thought is about this is that you know, you have to treat your prospects and your clients, especially as dear and valued friends. If they're not quite your clients yet, and they haven't got that trust yet, they haven't bought yet, you are developing that over time. So it's, you know, you're building, you have to communicate often and with value, if you will. So even if I were talking to my girlfriend or my wife or my husband or whatever it is, 
every communication that I have with them should be meaningful in some way, shape or form. And so how that's done is strategic, but you know, we don't just post once on our personal page on Facebook and call that marketing. That's not marketing. Yeah. Marketing is where we get a result. You will find that, you know, like when I post things on my personal page on Facebook, I do it for a reason. It's very strategic when I do it. And that is to show people that I'm a human being who loves his son. You know, I'm yeah. a human person that values many me. Right. Many. So me. you've done it. You've done it so well that I, as soon as you said my son, I immediately saw the phrase many me. Yeah. Yeah. I do things that elicit an emotion or emotional response. So even when my tree fell a couple of weeks ago, when we were originally supposed to have this, this interview, I got like 160 people commenting on that. And that is, that was the engagement that was now it wasn't marketing per se, but it was communication. It was, it was involvement. It was with people that I have a relationship with. Now, when you do that with marketing, you have to engage people. You have to get people to think. You have to get people to be involved or to think personally about it themselves in some way, shape, or form, whether it is about me or it's about them. Usually it's about them and their emotional response to something. And it, it is, uh, yes, I have that problem. Yes, I need this product or service. Yes, I'm curious. I want to know more. So it elicits an emotional response. It's not just kind of like, oh, there it is. I'm not going to do anything about it. Anything that you do needs to be thought out and strategic and not just random. And, uh, you know, success hates randomness. It likes on purpose, being on purpose. And that's clarity, you know. And so, you know, any marketing that you do has to be thought out. A funnel is a tool. It's a tool to communicate your message and then lead people to the desired result that they want. Uh But it is not marketing in itself. You know, it's part of marketing. It's a it's a it's a a segment of a marketing campaign, if you will. Part of the reason I shut down my web design firm ten years ago is because it was attracting too many businesses that were looking at the website as the goal. So so much effort would be put into the website with revisions and back and forth and uh, uh. and by the right. time we were done with the process and we could finally get to a point where we say this website is live now there was so much mu- mutual loathing and all the way across <laughs> the board uh exhaustion that in many cases that was the end of my relationship with those clients yeah. Because they were about as happy to be rid of me as I was happy to be rid of them. That was unsustainable, not only financially, but also in the areas of emotions, of feelings of satisfaction, and my own altruistic desires to be a helpful person. Because right. that wasn't really helping people. And actually, I felt I was doing the market a disservice because I was creating a portal for people to follow that path. Whereas looking at the website as a toll rather than the goal, here's a story I I love to tell. And I love the person who this is about, but I thought the situation was just ridiculous. Uh, This is somebody who already had a successful business. uh, In fact, didn't really need the website. Most the main reason they were putting the website up is they wanted to update the website they already had because they were going, uh, they were doing some RFPs for some major international type stuff and just wanted to refresh their look and feel a little bit. Their previous site would have been fine. They wanted to update it. So they went through the whole thing of having a branding expert develop a color swatch and the primary color was purple. Now, Craig, you know enough 
that you can look at a color swatch or you can even screenshot and then use the dropper tool on anything online mm -hmm. and get an exact, exact shade of purple. Right. This client held up the launch and got to the point where they were questioning whether I needed to see my optometrist. They actually asked me, when's the last time I had my eyes checked? Uh, which I found very insulting, by the way. Yeah. Because they would not believe that the primary color of the website that my designer had coded was using their shade of purple. I filmed multiple Camtasia videos where I demonstrated myself using the eyedropper tool on their branding sheet, their website, graphics within the website, and demonstrating how it yields the same hex color every time. I right. showed them how to view their page source and find their CSS file. And I showed them where to look in the CSS file. And they could see it was the same hex code over and over and over again. They didn't believe me. They actually went and paid somebody to try and prove me wrong. <laughs> Do you want to know what the issue was in the end? What's that? Their monitor was going bad. <laughs> God. After, after a few years, a monitor, especially a plasma monitor, is going to start wearing out and colors aren't going to look like what they seem. Right. This, pers this person's own spouse was trying to tell them that I got the right color, but they wouldn't believe them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that's an example, uh, an extreme example of using a website as a goal. Oh, nobody will hire me if it's not purple. Uh, the you, you've been in this for a long time and you've been involved with some of the uh, Dan Kennedy style marketing and things like that. So do you remember the videos? This was back when Flash was a thing where you had people walking along the bottom of the screen speaking and jumping up and down on sales letters. I do remember that. You remember you remember those and how when Apple uh, did the thing with Flash, how that got wiped out overnight. But uh, for the few <laughs> years leading up to that, Everybody was a client of Charlie McDermott's, McDermott's standout video, which was a great product, by the way, while yes. it was still economically viable. So another mutual friend of ours, and I don't mind sharing this because he shares it too, Jim Palmer, who I met you through. Uh, he's a client of mine, has been the client of mine through all these years. And he invested in standout video and filming himself, and he was going to be jumping through his sales letter. And in Internet Explorer 6... His foot was three millimeters away from the red button that he was supposed to land on as he leapt through his sales letter. And I got to the point with uh, that whole process where I got frustrated to the point. That, and if, Jim, if Jim's listening to this, he'll probably chuckle what I'm about to say, because <laughs> he's actually said this when he's introduced me at Dream Business Academy. Uh, I, I said, look, um, Internet Explorer six is really a crap browser and if you have a problem with it take it up with bill gates in the mm. meantime could you please send me a list of everybody who said that they will only give you money if your foot lands exactly on the 17th 17th button in your sales letter in internet explorer six right so we had a nice little coming to jesus moment over that one and what he said in the introduction he gave me later on at Dream Business Academy is he thought that the way I approached that, I was really, uh, it was really upsetting to him for two reasons. First of all, 
that he thought I was just arrogant, snotty, and mean, and I should I, I should have known better how to communicate with the client. And the which he was right. And the other piece of it is he was also partially upset because he knew that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Internet Explorer 6 was on its way out. It just wasn't going fast enough. And that was the only problem was Internet Explorer 6, which he happened to be using at the time. If it hadn't been for his browser choice, that would have been a non-issue. Gosh, that's funny. And Jim's one of the most dynamic people that you and I know. Yes. I, I mean, look, he's created No Hassle Newsletters. He's created the entire Dream Business Movement. He's authored seven books. Uh, he has the Dream Business Radio podcast, which is one of the very few that's been on the air longer than mine. Uh, and you know, I it's it just it shows. And and Jim taught me so much through that experience. Not only how in real time to, and this is what this is the other reason I bring it up because customer relationships are part of marketing. How I make my existing customer feel will impact the referrals they send me or not, and the reputation I get or not. So what he showed me is the importance of how it makes your customer feel. And I don't think he felt very good when I told him to go ask Bill Gates if he had a problem and, uh, and to send me a list of all the people who said they wouldn't buy from him. Cause that was really, it's, it's on the surface. That's kind of a ridiculous question to ask somebody, but it is also one of my attention getters I've used in several other situations where I need to move a client past some ridiculous little non-starter of a point that only they care about. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you do it when you have a client that's stuck uh, on something that is just significant only to them? It seems like, how do you move them to get them to move forward? Cause I imagine you've dealt with it once or twice. You know, I don't have that problem often because of the way that I get clients. Uh-huh. And the, way, the way that I have gotten clients over the last 13 years is through the like, know, and trust factor built over time. So, you know, my EMP Alliance, which I mentioned earlier, or you mentioned earlier, uh, that is the former GKIC local chapter, Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer organization local yes. chapter. And so I have people with me for a long time. My, my uh, average lifetime value is, you know, is easily 10 to 13 years. People stay with me for a very long time. But generally before I ask anybody to do business, with me or vice versa, we have gotten to know each other over time. So my, uh, my recommendations uh, for, uh, for doing certain things usually supersede their, their wants and desires. So for people who want certain colors or certain things like that, you know, like, you, like the problems you experienced, I don't have many of those. Um, yeah. if, if there are things that aren't critical, I'm happy to let it go. You know, I'm just like, okay, fine. You know, we'll, we'll look at the stats and we'll see which works better, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. And, and so I will often do an AB test without them even knowing it, you know, and then uh-huh. I'll say, Hey, look, here's what we did. And here's what the results are. Do you want to continue doing that? Or would you like to do this? And, you know, I have a client in particular who is governed by his lead salesperson. I said, look, he's running on his own personal bias. He's not running on what, what on the strategy and why we're doing it. So I'll tell you what, let him do it that way and we'll do it our way. So it's, uh, it's good to have control and I have strategically done that. And I learned that from Dan Kennedy uh, many, many moons ago is that, you know, you run your business uh, the way you want to. And I run my business based on, I am, I don't want to be questioned if I'm going to be questioned, you know, based on things I might be wrong. And I'm, and I admittedly will 
you know, yeah. tell people when I have made a mistake or I thought this would work and it didn't. So let's try test something different. But when something is, uh, is kind of critical to their success and they're just making an opinion bias based on what their wife told them or their friend told them or something mm-hmm. else, it's like, no, no, we're not going to do it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, what part of what you're describing here is how you establish the race relationship in advance, which is something that I myself have gotten really good at over the years, just through trial and error, some of which is uh, a hell of a trial. Uh, so as I like to say, uh, so you know, if this were the year 2021 and standout videos were still around and somebody was telling me that uh, that Internet Explorer 6 was causing their foot to be four, four millimeters away from their button, I have another way of fixing that problem. Mm-hmm. Uh here, here would be here would be something I would try. I would say, I'd reply to them and I'd say, okay, it's fixed. <laughs> Here's what I would do. All things being equal. We were at the point where Internet Explorer 6 had already been written up as one of the 20 worst softwares of all time. The only reason it was even out there is because people weren't upgrading fast enough. Even Microsoft by that point had said, stop using Internet Explorer 6. We don't want to support this anymore. Go to 7 or go to 8. Right. This was this was actually pre-WordPress when this whole thing went down. It was back during the days of HTML coding. But even then, there was a simple script you could add to your HTXS file that, set, that would say, that would query the web page viewer and say are they coming to us through internet explorer 6 and if the query yielded a positive result it would redirect them to a page that said in order to view this web page you need to have internet explorer 7 or higher right now i've solved the problem nobody will see the foot four millimeters away from the button right (laughs) and i've and i've also seen the tactic of simply and i i have never tried this myself but i have actually had people explain to me that sometimes they've replied to issues like that by saying okay it's fixed yeah and the client looks at it and they notice a difference even if there's no difference (laughs) (laughs) but but the the way i look at it is is i did that client a favor because whatever they needed to hear and believe to move themselves past that stuck point and get them to the place where they can serve from their intersection their brilliance and passion and make a difference for their community market and audience I serve that client by moving them forward. Right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Now you, uh, now you have what you call the five sources of power that you can find within just about every business. Yeah. What are these? Well, you know, these are part of the pot of gold that are within your business. That, uh-huh. uh, and let me just start with number one. Number one is your list and the relationship you have with your list. Uh, number two is your reputation, what you are known for. Number three is marketing. If you have marketing in place, that is a source of power for you. Right. Um, number four is a specific marketing advantage. What do you do that no one else can, does, or will offer? And number five is clarity. Clarity of purpose, clarity of who you are, Clarity of so much. <laughs> um, if I were, can I expand a little bit on those? Please, we have plenty of time for you to do it. Okay, great. So the list, number one, the list and the relationship with the list. 
If you do not have a list, an email list or a mailing list or both of all the people who have either done business with you, uh, who are doing business with you currently, who have done business with you in the past, or people who have expressed interest in doing business with you, and you're not communicating with that list, that is a cardinal sin. Again, we talked about the relationship value of, of marketing, and that is you know, you begin a relationship, whether it's at the front of the room at a networking event or whether you have reached out to them via lead generation magnet or advertisement or something, and they raise their hand and they say, I'm interested in what you have to say. I am interested in what you have to offer. I may or may not be ready to do business with you, but can we please talk or discuss or I want to hear more from you? That's a list. And you are obligated in one way, shape, or form to communicate with that list and build upon that relationship and provide value in the process. And value can be way of educational marketing. It can be way of, be way of telling stories that lead people to an offer. Um, you know, it can, be, it can be just a reminder that you exist. I mean, anything is better than nothing. But if you don't have a list, cardinal sin. If you have a list and you're not nurturing it, now's the time to start communicating and building value. Make offers often. Bond with that list as often as possible. And uh, you'll start seeing sales come in. Okay. Number, number two is your Go reputation. Ahead. Your reputation. What are you known for? And, you know, it's like, what do you want to be known for? You are known for... Business Creators Radio, your note for podcasts, this, this movement that you're doing right now, right? Uh, I'm known for being the only marketing performance strategist in the country that I know of because I coined the term. Uh, I'm known for uh, my no BS attitude, my no BS communication style, telling it like it is while still being diplomatic. Um, I'm known for being a good father and uh, being the father of mini-me. But I'm, I'm known for just solving problems for people who really need help. I'm entrepreneurs helping other entrepreneurs. That's what I do. And I would do anything for anybody, whether there was money involved or not. But I just happen to be also running a business as well. So there are some people that I will help uh, anyway, whether or not they'll ever be my client. And then there's people that I know can pay me and will pay me. You know, um, I have that reputation in the Los Angeles area. And I continue yeah. to just do that the best I can. Your marketing. Um, where are people seeing you? You know, you want people to feel like they see you everywhere. So they see you via your emails that you send. Uh, I send, like, for instance, I send a newsletter, a paper newsletter. I do an email newsletter. I do social media. I do uh, Facebook lives. I'm, I guest on other people's podcasts. You want the feeling of being omnipresent. So when you like even produce one piece of content, such as this podcast, right? How many different things can you do with this? Amazing number. You can transcribe it. You can put, um, you know, chunks of it on your social media, on your blog. Uh, you can put, post it on your podcast network. You know, we want to take one piece of content and use it mul multiple times. Um, you know, again, marketing is about building that relationship, starting a relationship and then continuing that relationship and providing benefit to both people, both parties. Specific marketing advantage. Now, Dan Kennedy coined a phrase or a question. Uh, I think he trademarked it, but I'm going to say it anyway because I use it in everything I do. And he said, you, a customer or a potential customer or client is always asking themselves this question. Why should I, your prospect, choose to do business with you 
versus any and every other option available to me, including doing nothing at this time. And a great way to answer that question is because I'm the only, I'm the only one who offers this value. I'm the only one open at these times. I'm the only one who specializes in this particular method. I am the only one in this local area. So if you can answer the question with an only, you have an immense and incredible advantage. Um, one of my clients, uh, Dr. Ron Kozlowski, is a prosthodontist in Los Angeles. Yeah. And he happens to be in the San Fernando Valley. His subspecialty of prosthodontics is dental oncology, and that is can uh, dentistry for cancer patients. He's one of only two people in the San Fernando Valley, uh, which is a very large area, who specializes in that field. He's the only author of a book on dental oncology in the San Fernando Valley. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we narrow it down even more, but even still the other dental oncologist is about to retire and sell his practice. So he, Dr. Ron is the only dental oncologist in his area. You know, it's like when you're the only one, you have immense, incredible value. So you got to think about what does my competitor, competitors not offer that I can? What do they uh, do that, what do they don't do that I can offer? What, you know, what won't they offer that I will? You know, things like that. So um, specific marketing advantage is a power source. The last one is clarity. And success loves clarity. And it's unfortunate that most people are really confused and have no clue as to what's going on and why they're doing things in their business. So there are five kinds of clarity that I really focus on. Number one is personal clarity, who you are, what you're about. Uh, number two is forward orientation clarity, which is where do you want to go with your business? You know, do you have a defined purpose as to why you're in business? Uh, number three is audience and marketing clarity. Uh, who are your perfect customers and where can you find them? You know, a lot of people have no clue. You know, one of the reasons I started out as the former struggling consultant, because I was looking for my ideal client at a chamber of commerce meeting. My ideal client was someone like me, was another consultant, was another expert, another uh, coach. And, you know, if I went to a Pasadena chamber meeting where I was started my business here, you know, there might be one other consultant in the group. But when I got clear about who it really was that I was looking to do business with, I went to the Institute of Management Consultants and 99% of the room was my, was my potential client. Yeah. You know, and I started doing workshops. They started having me speak at the front of the room. I started taking calls and consultations during the, you know, once a month, I started being the resident marketing expert for them. It was perfect. Uh, number four is message clarity, the ultimate transformation you offer not your product or service, but what's the ultimate transformation you offer to your ideal prospect? And lastly, method clarity. What are your rules of engagement? We just kind of talked about that, right? My business yeah. processes, it's like, who, what am I willing to do? And what am I willing not to do? Right. Who, you know, if I'm going to do business on my terms, it's got to be that way or not, you know? I'm not yeah. sure if this was uh, in, intentionally uh, the way you phrase something, whether it's Freudian or something, but I just heard you say, what am I willing to do and what am I willing not to do? Mm. As opposed to saying, what am I not willing to do? Mm. Here's why for some reason I just, my antenna went up and you said that. What am I willing not to do conveys a different type of power 
then what am I not willing to do? Because if I'm not willing to do it, uh, well, you know, it's something I'm pushing away, I'm repelling. But the thing is, is I may find myself dwelling on it to the point where I end up attracting it because we attract what we think about. But what am I willing not to do? That is a positive affirmation or an affirmative way of saying, I'm willing to not take on that type of client. I'm willing to not add that to my repertoire of services. That's exactly right. I've turned, I've turned down more potential VIP members for my podcast reach program than I've accepted. One of them was an internationally famous speaker who, if I said the name, you'd be amazed that this person considered themselves a prospect of mine. Great guy and a friend of mine and everything else. Here, here's, here's the situation, what it basically comes down to. He already has a podcast. It's just been sitting there for three years and mm-hmm. it just because it's there and because of who he is, he gets a couple hundred hits a day on it and he wants to pick that up and reuse it. I'm not looking for that in the Reach VIP program. The Reach, the Reach VIP program is specifically for the entrepreneur who wants to launch a podcast and use it as their wedge strategy to build their celebrity brand, engage in networking, and attract clients. I'm not looking to take something that already exists and make it work again. Uh, so he had great content from his previous podcast, and he had many opportunities to repurpose that, but that was outside my field of clarity. It just wasn't something I was looking to add to my repertoire. It's not really at the center of my brilliance and passion. He really needed a different type of strategist to help him with that. What you just I was, said. I was perfectly okay owning that, and I'm perfectly okay saying it to him. And if you're listening right now, buddy, hey, uh, I'll see you at the next event. I look forward to it. But the fact is, is uh, you know, uh, I hope I hope you find what you're looking for because you really do have a great, great podcast. It's not something we could help with. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say what you just, how you just defined that was a perfect example of clarity. You just dis- defined that. Yeah, you know, I was willing not to do it. Right. Yeah, and I did that, and that's why I struggled when I started because I would take on, you know, I had to pay the bills. I was just engaged, and I needed work, and so I took on projects that were not, you know, they were outside my scope of expertise. But it was just, you know, here's three hundred bucks, here's five hundred bucks. I wasn't getting paid uh-huh. what I was worth. And so, you know, what are you willing not to do? I'm willing not to take on a client if it's not within my scope of expertise, if they're not willing to operate under the rules that I do business by, if they're going to be a big pain in the butt in my life. I don't want them. That's what I'm willing not to do, even if I have to put food on the table. Yeah. uh, You know how many years I spent, and I think I'm finally just about there convincing the market that I'm not a web designer and never have been. (laughs) Yeah. For several years, I owned a firm that rendered that service. I'm not a designer. I'm not an artist. I don't know how to draw a ruler with a straight line. I can't even get that analogy right. Right. <laughs> and uh, I, when I had the firm, I hired designers and they, and they worked with us. That's how we, we got it done. Now, I can look at a website and tell you why or why not it may convert uh, more or less effectively and give you strategies on how to deal with that. In fact, I did that type of consulting for three years after I closed down the web design firm. So the reason I go with this is I've been advised by several people that in order to create funding for what I want to do, well, go get yourself some web design clients. And yeah, you'll probably hate it, but just think about what you're going to do with the money. Okay, I tried that. Here's what happens. 
because I hate it, it debilitates my energy, makes me hate life, hate my business. And in the end, because it was a match made in hell to begin with, one way or another, I end up losing money on the project. It's funny how that works. You're, 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 you're doing it for cash flow and you end up having a net loss on it. It's funny how that works. And, and remember what I said earlier about how attracting a certain type of thing leads to mutual loathing and a universal desire to be out of the deal. Yeah. Why would I go get clients that I'm also going to have that I'm also going to be, we're also going to be running screaming from each other. I'd like to have a lifetime relationship. So here's the main point. If I got to go hustle to get more clients, I could go hustle to get clients to do something I hate doing that can get paid for. Or I could use that same energy to get clients that want to pay me for something that I love doing. Right. Either way, I got to hustle. So rather than create funding, uh, doing something I hate to make podcast reach happen, I decided that, you know what, I'm just going to go build podcast reach. Fortunately, I have clients right now to pay the bills. That's awesome. So it's not like I'm struggling to put food on the table at the moment. But if I'm going to build something, I'm not going to go do web design and hate it so that I can fund podcast reach. I always do podcast reach. Right. And my first two VIP clients that I got in that program, one of whom was somebody who showed up for one of my webinars, ended up scheduling a session with me. And the other is a longtime friend of mine who is in the process of bringing a startup to market and he wants to do some work on his own celebrity brand. Candidly, he had not occurred to me as somebody who would likely be a, po- a, a client for podcast reach. He heard I was doing it and reached out. And this happened because I put my intention and my focus and my clarity on the business I want. The thing that I want to do that's at the intersection of my brilliance and my passion. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's a hell of a lot of hours, but it actually energizes me. (laughs) In the past week, in the past week, Craig, I've had two nights where I barely slept an hour and even, and then even had to take a nap the following afternoon because I got a, a bit of that malady known as dragon ass. Yeah. Not because things were going good, going bad, but rather, because I was so excited about the things that we've been getting done around here lately that after I finished them, after finding immense amount of energies, just keep pushing and pushing and getting them through and maybe getting done at about one or two in the morning, I then needed like seven victory laps because I was so excited. <laughs> like, yeah, I know it's done. And I'm going to discuss it with the, I'm going to discuss it with my VIP client the next day. They, I sent them the link and I'm sure I'll get feedback in the morning or I have a call scheduled in the morning. We'll discuss it then. It's like, I didn't want to go to sleep until I spoke with them. That's awesome. Cause that's how much I enjoy it. <laughs> I love that by the way. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't get that feeling over web design. Right. Amen. Yeah. Now, part of Podcast Reach is we actually create a website. In fact, we urge our reachers to have a separate website for the podcast to build their own media portal. And we have many reasons why we, we do that. I We have a system. So we systemize it. It's not a bespoke web design experience. It's a set of template files we've developed based on years of seeing what works. 
to which we apply their branding colors and a few stock images. So again, we're using the website as the tool, not the goal. Right. And it works. If I had taken that approach 15 years ago, I might still be the website surgeon. <laughs> Boy, I, I, that was an interesting brand. But anyway, uh, you know, we discussed uh, these, you know, these various, uh, as you like to call them, the five sources of power within the business. Which one would you would you say is most important? To me, I think it's the idea of being focused, uh, yeah. the one that comes closest to that. But which one do you think is most important? Or otherwise, which one would you start with first if given the choice? Well, you know, it, you can't do anything with any of them unless you have number five, clarity. Yeah. And so, like I said, success loves clarity. It hates randomness. Um, it, you know, you're going to have a hard time getting to the top of the mountain if you don't have a clear understanding of number one, where you want to get to the top and how to get there. And so those five questions or those five areas of clarity that I talked about, personal clarity, forward orientation clarity, audience and market clarity, message clarity, and yep. method clarity. If you don't have those down, you know, at least an idea, have them top of mind. You know, they may change. Like I said, you started out one way and now you're here and this is where you're passionate. It's, and, and I've been there too. I mean, I have, I have been up and down. I think it's just maybe the entrepreneur and us, you know, it's just that sometimes we're like, yeah, but I could be over here, but I could be over here. I could, I could oh, be yeah. over here. you know, where's the market most, uh, you know, where's the opportunity in the market right now. Um, but, you know, when we do something real well, we, we can talk about it passionately till all hours of the night and we stay up till three or four o'clock in the morning because we love it. Yep. You know, there's something to that, isn't there? So, uh -huh. you know, so get crystal clear, at least, at least at what you love to do and do well, and then start building your list. That would be number two. Yeah. So start building the list. And if you have one, start communicating with it no less than once a week, no less. Um, but have a conversation. And then, by the way, if you need help with this, or by the way, uh, this is also available. By the way, if you have this problem, I made, I created this product or service. You know, just have a conversation. Start the dialogue. If you're not perfect at it, you'll get better at it as you go. Yeah, that, that's the thing. You only get better through experience and seeing what works in your situations with your clients and your prospects. Uh, you know, something else that comes up here going back to my podcast reach VIP program, one of the questions that we get about it sometimes is, well, okay, so does that mean you also uh, edit and post our episodes for us? And the answer to that is no. Right. Do you, do you want to know the main reason why? Yes. Cause I don't want to. <laughs> that's, that's really what it, that's really what it comes down to. I want to work with entrepreneurs to launch their show intentionally as they're networking client attraction and celebrity branding tool stand by their side as they make discoveries with it do some business coaching with them but as far as the work of editing and producing episodes they can either do it themselves or i have four referrals for them right so i'll create somebody else's yes and it's actually going to cost the client a hell of a lot less than it would be if i even wanted to get into that business and the referrals that I send them to are people who have more of a step-by-step -step task approach to things where they go down a list because that's basically what editing and producing is all about. 
Right. There's not a huge amount of creativity there. So I would get bored with it really fast. And no, I don't want to start my own editing producing company and hire people to run it either. I just don't <laughs> want to, period. Right. Now, when we do the launch of the website, we will post the first eight. And the reason mm -hmm. we do that is so that is since we're guiding them through the actual opening launch of the podcast, we need those eight episodes in place so that they will be there on day one when they make the big announcement. And also so that they're already on the website and into the RSS feed so that my people can submit it to podcast directories and syndicators. When you have episodes in your RSS feed already, you get approved a lot faster. Excellent. That's why we do it. Yeah. So if they, so if the person wants to do it themselves, I will personally train them on how to do it. If they want to hire somebody and that's some, like if they have an existing virtual assistant who wants to explore the world of using Camtasia, I'll deal with them. Yeah. Because the coaching and the teaching part of it is what I love. Right. And then that way the client themselves doesn't have to deal with it. That's the value of reach. But as far yeah. as doing editing production, I still want to. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd, ra I'd rather focus on where I can do my best work. And, and, if, and if somebody hears that, I've said it before. It's just not the center of my brilliance and my passion. However, I do know people who get off on that stuff. And that's who you need to be working with as far as the editing and production. Right. Yeah. So we've had a fantastic conversation here. And you've gotten me actually inspired. Uh, you've gotten me telling me some of my own stories, uh, having these little triggers go off as you share about uh, the meaning of a marketing performance strategist, uh, the pot of gold, the five sources of power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that whole distinction between being not willing to do something and being willing not to do something. Right. To me, that's the million dollar idea right here. So <laughs> let's say somebody wants to take this to the next level. They, they're getting a taste of Craig Valine and they want so much more in their business. They want to find that hidden pot of gold and they want marketing performance strategy. What's the next step and what do they have to look forward to? You know, like I said earlier, the best way that I work with clients is for them to get to know me a little bit first. And so there are two resources, if I may mention both. Yes. Okay. So I have a free uh, Facebook group for consultants, coaches, and subject matter experts on uh -huh. increasing growth and profits uh, made simple. And that URL is very simply expertgrowthandprofits.com, expertgrowthandprofits.com. It's a free uh, Facebook group. I interact with it every single day. I welcome new people. I want to get to know you if you join. And, uh, you know, my job there is really just to share what I've learned over the last 25 years being a coming from a, as a struggling consultant to a successful consultant, you know, I believe, I believe I just found it expert growth and profits.com. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So it's, you know, it's a new group. I just started it a week ago, but I'm just sharing what I can share in there and I'm asking questions and I'm providing resources. And, you know, I just want to, this is where I offer that free help. Remember I said, I'll work with anyone for free if they need it, but you know, I have my clients who'll pay me and the ones who pay me are happy to pay me. So the other way to get involved with me is I have a monthly membership program called EMP Alliance. EMP is short for enhanced marketing performance. 
This is a group that I've been running for 13 years. It is an online version for now. And yeah. it provides monthly master classes, a monthly event, what I call power events, uh, which are interactive and entrepreneurs helping other entrepreneurs. So I have some great people who have been with me for years who have outstanding experience themselves as entrepreneurs and outstanding success, who we all just help solve problems. And there's a little training along the way. Um, you know, I provide just resources for you to be more successful and you, for you to find that pot of gold within your business. Every business has, has untapped resources, untapped power, ready to be released in the business. And every month I provide a different vehicle for doing that. Uh, awesome. You can find out more about that at empalliance.com. That's E mpalliance.com. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you very much for sharing both of those resources with us and also for a fantastic conversation that educated me a bit and got me thinking about some things. Uh, it has been, as I like to say, an honor and believe me, an education. Uh, thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.